My name is Keith Beavers, and guys, we're like halfway through season four. We've come so far. I just want you guys to know that I really appreciate you guys. What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Pair Podcasting Network? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I happen to be the tastings director of Vine Pair High. We're going all the way to the east coast of Italy. We're going to the east coast of the boot. We're going to talk about wines that you really, really, really like that you don't know yet. You're just, this is going to be a little bit crazy, but just lay marche. Let's get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Allegrini. This wine is from the Veneto, a region just north of Le Marche. Lugana is a small appellation at the south end of the largest lake in Italy, Lake Garda. It's a place of beauty, vacation, and recreation, and these wines absolutely reflect that. They really embody the spirit of lake life. Books on the beach, fish tacos for dinner, all that good stuff. I like this wine best paired with an absolute mountain of shellfish. So it's just so crazy that there's this place called Le Marche and it's on the eastern coast of Italy and it has so much going on in wine, but on the American market and in wine shops and on wine lists, you just don't see it enough. Oh, Le Marche, what an awesome place for wine. And the thing is, the wines are here, they're on the market. We just don't see, you know, we may not know them because you don't know them. But if you don't know about Le Marche, you will today. And it's a very exciting place. And let's get into it. The thing about Le Marche is, let's talk about where it is. It's on the eastern coast of Italy. And the north. it's bordered to the north by Emilia Romagna. It's bordered to the west by Tuscany. To the southwest, it's sort of bordered by both Umbria and Lazio. And to the south, Abruzzo. And to the east is the Adriatic Sea. This is another one, it's like literally just north of Abruzzo. So just like Abruzzo had a mountain, has was very kind of mountainous towards the, you know, the western part of the region. Same thing with Le Marche, but Le Marche has a lot of rolling hills. It does have mountains and stuff. But the 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 <laughs> the thing about Le Marche is Abruzzo has, you know, some DOCs, it has Montepulciano, it has Torriano. Le Marche has 15 DOCs. And five DOCGs. Yeah. It's crazy. The thing about Le Marche, and I wish I could get into some history, but we can't because there's a lot of wine going on here that I really want to tell you guys about. But it's one of those places where in the modern era of wine, it's starting to kind of evolve. And the, 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 all these DOCs and DOCGs are kind of because of that. And a lot of the DOCGs are coming out of actual DOCs that have been around for a long time. So when we talk about the wine of Le Marche, it can get a little confusing. So you guys just bear with me and I'm going to work through it. To be honest with you guys, I'm a little overwhelmed by the whole thing. <laughs> it's a lot of great wine here. The list of grapes in this region, two you already know in the red side, Montepulciano and Sangiovese. And there are two specific places that do that. But there's also a grape called Vernaccia Nera. And wow, guys, this wine is so wild. It's like a red wine. It's floral. It's very aromatic. It has some like viscosity to it. It's almost like a Movedra, but not as dense. And then there's the Lacrima grape, which means tear. 
there's different theories about the reason why it's called tier, but, and it's also not the locker room up from Campania as its whole other thing. But if Vernaccia has some floral notes, this thing is very scented. Lacrima is such an awesome wine, good acidity, very floral, beautiful red wines. Then on the white side, you have a grape called Verdicchio. This is probably the most important wine grape in Le Marque, and we'll get into it. These are, they almost look green, the wines, and they are extremely crispy and tons of minerality and a lot of acidity, but just so much character. Then you have these two other white wine grapes that are kind of like getting their due. They're getting their 15 minutes, which is important, is a white grape called Pecorino, which is not, I know, it means the cheese, but Pecorino in Italian means sheep. Not really sure why Pecorino was called sheep. Probably because the sheep like to eat them. And then it's kind of a, you know, kind of coastal white wine. It can have some depth to it and some roundness. It's very refreshing, and then an even more refreshing white wine grape with a little bit of depth to it called Passarina. Now, all of these grapes have their place in Le Marque. Are you overwhelmed yet? I mean, my gosh, how much? How many wines can be in one region that you've never heard of? Okay, let's talk about red wine. There's a DOC called Rosso Piceno, which it takes up actually the majority of the region of Le Marque. It's the largest one. And Rosso Piceno used to be what really defined Le Marque on the American market because the white wines hadn't really made a splash yet. And the thing about Rosa Piceno is it's, it, was, it used to be a blend between Sangiovese, Multiple Chano and Sangiovese. And it was usually 50-50 and they, you know, they were, they were kind of like very rustic. Well, they've recently, not recently, but at some point in the modern era, in the last 20 years, they decided to kind of fix this thing. So Rosa Piceno has to be up to 85% multiple Chano and between 15 and 50% Sangiovese. So you have a little more wiggle room and a lot of the winemakers are starting to kind of work on these proportions and, and you know, make them a little more balanced. But there's a lot of Rosso Piceno on the American market now and it's actually better than it ever has been. Over towards the coast is a very small appellation called Rosso Conero. And Rosso Conero is, it was a DOC for the longest time. And just like Rosso Piceno, it was 85%. What well, was, it was like a 50, 50 multiple Chano and Sangiovese, but now it's 85% multiple Chano and other varieties. But the thing is because it's such a small appellation, they eventually created a DOCG out of this DOC, which has similar rules to Rosso Piceno, where it's 85% multiple Chano, and, but you can only go 15% of Sangiovese. They want multiple Chano to do the majority of the blend, and the wine has to spend two years before its release. So what's happening here is, you know, you're seeing this. They're, they're working on, you know, figuring out how to bring these wines into the best, you know, personality they can. And these wines are beautiful they're, they're medium to full bodied. I mean, think of Sangiovese, the, the bright cranberry notes of Sangiovese with a great acidity and multiple Chano with its sort of dark fruit and its good, good acidity. It's almost like it's, well, it's a really great red wine for a coastal life because it's right on the coast. They're not crazy full body, but they're medium body enough they can go with some of the shellfish and stuff they have there. So Rosso Piceno and Rosso Conero the DOC, and then the, the DOC is just called Conero. So 
But the thing is, those are cool. So you got multiple channel Sangiovese in different forms, smaller production, yielding, and larger production. And you can go to stores and really kind of take a look at these two wines and really compare them and contrast them. But the other two red wine grapes, man, they are completely different than Sangiovese and Multiple Chano, and they're so interesting. So Rosso Conero and Conero, those two appellations, are on the coast, as I said, and they're basically bordering the capital of the region, Ancona, on the coast. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. North of this is a wine region on the coast and going inland called Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. I mean, that name is so cool. It's very hard to explain Lacrima wines because they are scented. That's a word that I don't often use, but it's it's hard not to. You know, you can say perfumed, you can say aromatic, but they're scented. There's this sort of earthy, herbal, floral. It's It's very engaging. And the way they make this wine is very unique. Because with this grape, they can do a few things. They, they have the pasito, which is so the dessert wine, drying the grapes. Then they have the rosso, which is just the rosso. And then they have the superiore, which they have to age a little bit. But the thing is, it all starts with the pasito because the red wine, the rosso, how they make this is they actually make the wine and then they dry certain grapes, a certain proportion of grapes, and they add those dried grapes back for a second fermentation into the wine on December 31st. So like on New Year's Eve, they take these grapes that have a very sugar rich and dried and they ferment with the already fermented wine and they get this very cool red wine. Now that's Rosso. If they want to do it as a superiore, they have to age it for 10 to 11 months. Imagine New Year's Eve in this DOC. Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. I just love it. Now, if we leave the coast and we start going inland into the hills, like directly across from Ancona, going straight west into the hills, we run into a place that grows a grape called Vernaccia Nera. Here we have a DOC called Serra Petrona, and this is where Vernaccia Nera is grown. And after a while, they decided to create a DOCG out of it called Vernaccia di Serra Petrona. So they're, they're both in the same place with different rules, basically. That's how this works out. Vernaccia is identical to Garnacha, which is the Grenache grape that we know in France. And because of the Spanish rule here, it makes sense that Vernaccia made it here. But the thing about this DOC, DOCG, it is one of the smallest appellations in the entire country. There's only, I think, just under or just over 50 acres of land under vine. But this isn't your typical identical to Garnacha type stuff here. This is a very unique place that, again, does very unique wine in Le Marque. This red wine goes through three fermentations. Yeah, check this out. At harvest in October, 60% of the grapes are fermented into red wine. 40% of those grapes are put onto straw mats to dry. Then in January, they take those dried grapes, crush them, vinify them. Then they take that sweet red wine, add it to the 60% of the red wine that was, vinif that was vinified at harvest, 
and then they put it into the Charmant method and they make bubbles. This is a red sparkling wine from Le Marque. That's right. It's not just Lambrusco. And these wines are so damn good. And yes, it can be made into just still red wine, but that's what the DOC is for. It's the Vernaccia di Serra Patrona DOCG that you get this awesome, spicy, it's like cranberries and strawberries with some brambly spice, sparkling red wine. Like, are you, I'm so excited. You know what? I want to, I'm going to go and grab some right now. JK, I'm not going anywhere because you got to know about these white wines. Just west of Vernaccia di Serra Patrona is another smallish wine region called, okay, guys, get ready for this. Verdicchio di Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? I mean, it's M-A-T-E-L-I-C-A. It's not actually Metallica, but yeah, it's pretty cool. This is a landlocked region in Le Marque, so it doesn't have any real influence from the ocean, but this it's in the hills, and this variety does amazing things in this place. So this was a DOC, but just like a lot of places here, at some point it was elevated to a DOCG while still having the DOC. And what's a little bit confusing is the DOCG is only for Reserva. It's confusing, but the wine's great. Being a continental place and also being landlocked and also the valley here goes east to west, which is a very odd thing in Italy. But because of these things, the Verdicchio, which has this nice little green, sometimes a green tinge to it in the glass. These are wines that are at once crispy and refreshing and deep and soulful at the same time. Don't know how it, <laughs> this is like nature doing something's like, hey, I'm gonna give you this and you don't know how it's gonna work, but it, it's amazing. You're just, you're having such a clean, crisp wine, but there's a depth to it you can feel on your palate. They're absolutely amazing. There's a reason why the Reserva was created to be elevated to a DOCG, which requires about 18 months of aging before it's released because these wines actually need that. They're out there. You should grab one. And speaking of Verdicchio, this is the one you're going to see everywhere. This is a DOC that's just west of Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. So it's inland from the coast, but you still get coastal influences. It has a very long name. Are you ready? It is Verdicchio dei Castelli di Jesi. That is the name of one wine appellation. And just like in Metallica, <laughs> never get tired of saying that, they created a DOCG for the Reserva, and that is called Castelli di Jesi Verdicchio Reserva. So this can be very confusing, but these are just ways that they are trying to focus on something that's been popular and they can put more rules into place to allow these wines to go further into the future and create legacies. And really what it is, the Reserva DOCG is, it's kind of a way of saying, it's giving... You know when we talk about Chianti Classico, the Classico region, Valpolicella Classico, Suave Classico, this is kind of a, the DOCG is kind of the Classico of this re, this DOC. They just didn't call it Classico, they just gave it a DOCG. I know, it's confusing, but what's important is the wine is great. Let me tell you about it. Here, the little green one, which is what Verdicchio means, 
a lot more of it is made. I mean, the Verdicchio di Metallica is one-tenth the size of this Verdicchio DOC-DOC-G hybrid, if you will. And what's cool about this place is they do Pasito from Verdicchio, they do still white wine, and they also do spumante or sparkling verdicchio, which is so good. This is because of that high acid. It makes really great sparkling wine, but it does have that green tinge for the white wines. You're going to see a lot of this out there. So if you're, you know, the, the Metallica verdicchio is very cool, very focused, very specific. It's out there on the market, but verdicchio di JC, I'm just going to give a little nickname there, shorten it for myself. It's everywhere. And it's so crisp and so clean and it's so refreshing. And it's a really a great wine for every kind of seafood you can think of. And what's really great about the sparkling spumantes is they're soft. They have lower, lower atmospheres of pressure. It's just a kind of a soft, round, almost foamy wine. It's absolutely delicious. They also, in the DOC, have a superiore zone, which means that in this specific place within the DOC, wines made from here need to be one degree higher in alcohol. And I think that's kind of just a slight competition thing for Metallica, because the Metallica wines have a little more depth to them. But hey, it's good stuff, so whatever. So all of that, the Pasito, the Spumante, the Superiore, that's all within Verdigio de Castelli JCDOC. The DOCG just means that it's made only in the Classico zone, which is defined by this DOCG, and the wines need to be aged 18 months. Also, we can expect a lot more from these places because they have what's what are called MGAs. You're going to hear a lot about that in another episode coming up very soon. This is the Italy's attempt to have a crew system, and we'll get into that at some point. But both Metallica and the JC Verdicchio zones have all these little communes and kind of like crew places with specific terroirs. The future's coming. And that should be enough, right, guys? Now, we have two more grapes to talk about. Yeah, Passarina and Pecorino, what's up? All the way down south towards the border of Abruzzo, the northern border of Abruzzo, is part of the Rosso Piceno, that huge DOC that covers almost all of the region. Well, right down there, they actually carved out another DOC called Terre di Ofida. And then after that, they gave it a DOCG called just Ofida DOCG. This is the place for the Pecorino grape and the Passerina grape. These varieties are made as still wines, pasitos, and also spumantes. And I'm going very quickly because this is the end of the episode, but also we're not going to see a lot of this right now. You're going to see a lot of Pecorino on the market, but it's it's, it's all going to be kind of IGT. It's not really going to be out part of the DOCs because they're so new, but you will start seeing them. Passarina as well. That is a little bit tough. You're not going to see that all over the place, but this place is a blend. It can be blended with these two. It could be 80, at least 85% of each of them. It just depends. We're about to, see, we, have to we, have, we have yet to see what's going to be happening on our market with this place, but wine lovers, Le Marque, who knew a region that has great medium to full-bodied red wines, the blends of varieties that you know, and then it has these red wines that are just kind of like wacky and delicious, and they have some of the most celebrated white wine in the in the in the in the country that has DOCGs, and it's like 
Guys, get into Le Marque. And when you buy one, tag me, DM me, Vine Pair Keith. And next week, wine lovers, we're talking about one of my favorite varieties on the planet, Nebbiolo. But outside of its famous places. I'll see you next week. Vine Pair Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. E&J Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pairs Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.